what's up and welcome to difficulty class a podcast about all things dungeons and dragons i'm one of your hosts ali deichman and with me this week is true everybody that's right and today we are doing a bonus episode on the newest ua that just came out Mm -hmm. it's pretty fun it's all about psionic options so uh before we really do anything else is there anything we want to add in here any news i suppose i don't think so uh, well, we got a, a session zero coming yeah. out on Friday. Yeah, uh, we uh, we we did a session zero for Monster of the Week, which is the game that we're going to be running for our first bit of season of games. Yes. Uh, I feel like I stole that from somewhere, maybe Xbox. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter because uh, we're a podcast about role playing games, so whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we did a session zero for it. Uh, it's going up on Friday. This one is coming out on Wednesday. So uh, we will keep doing these bonus episodes as. You know, news and whatnot comes out you know, during these game sessions. So when Unearthed Arcana comes out, we're doing a bonus episode. Say a new book gets announced or something like that, we'll do a bonus episode to yeah. talk about it quickly. Um, but other than that, it's going to be game, 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 game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this first one is Monster of the Week, uh, run by me, and it's going to have Allie, uh, her boyfriend Spencer, our friend Dusty, and my wife Tara. Yeah. Uh, and then after that. We are going to do a Call of Cthulhu game run by Puffin Forest, a.k.a. Ben, our friend. <laughs> yes, I'm very excited. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're, we've got some really exciting stuff going. I'm nervous as all hell about running this game and seeing how it goes, but we're going <laughs> to see what happens. Uh, so, so, yeah, uh, hopefully you're looking forward to that. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're, and, yeah. Yeah, and if, if you're thinking about, like, oh, is it Session Zero? What? It's like, well, actually, Monster of the Week provides a really cool way of doing Session Zeros, and it's mm-hmm. it's very easy to follow along and even make your own character, which is pretty cool. Oh, I'm also still going to be putting in Champion's Loot during episodes at random points, so that'll be fun. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you're still playing that idle champion, still give us a listen. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, shall we dive in? Oh, boy, let's dive. All right, so this is psionic options revisited for like the third or fourth time (laughs) yeah something like that all right so this document it tells us just straight up revises a few designs that appeared in unearthed arcana in recent months the revisions here focus on options that had a psionic theme thank you for the feedback you sent on previous versions so after looking at the feedback they abandoned some options and they made the designs that you can explore here okay so they made a Psy Knight, which is a revised fighter subclass that was previously the Psychic Warrior. The Soul Knife, a revised Rogue subclass. The Psionic Soul, a revised Sorcerer subclass that used to be called the Aberrant Mind. Three spells with the Psionic theme and five feats that can confer Psionic power to any character. Um, they I'm sorry to any future player of my group that picks the cyanite because I just won't help but be able to make Psyduck sounds. I know. I said cyanite out loud and I'm like, ooh, that sounds like Psyduck. Psy- <laughs> like, why not just call it the psionic knight? <laughs> cyanite. They've straight up abandoned the psionics wizard and yep. the falling spells, ego whip, id insinuation, mental barrier, sonic blast, psychic crush, and thought shield. But their effects can be found in the material of this document. So they've pretty much taken the fun part of all those things and put them in somewhere else. So there you go. Well, um, again, I I go into these blind because I find it more interesting to do these episodes that way. Um, But as as the forefront of it, uh, I still feel like they're just kind of tiptoeing around that they should just make a class. Yeah. I mean, like they made an entire 
like artificer class. Yeah, and you know the artificer class is okay. Yeah, like like um my like I've said so many times, my sister is playing an artificer in the Golden Pals, and last night we just kind of came to this realization that we're just like this isn't what we wanted it to be. Because she wanted to be like somebody that could tinker and make things and like put useful infusions into things. Yeah. But she realized like it's it's so situational. It's like I get to be a tinker sometimes, maybe. Uh yeah. I mean, like and, the, the artificer. Like, well, it's not, but but what I'm saying is like with these, like you're trying to cram in what was a class into another class. So then you're, it kind of feels like a weird forced multi-class mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know cause I haven't read it yet, but I don't know if you're going to be a good, either one of those or just good, like a good median. It, it, I, I feel like this is something that should be its own class, even though what I just said about the artificer made it sound like it wasn't very good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean like, it's a good point that if you try to like just making a subclass so different and wild from the actual intent of the original class mm-hmm. can sometimes just make you go too like in two different yeah. paths you could split up your power in too much ways where it's like oh i have this feature in my class that i can't use ever because my subclass makes it moot <laughs> yeah so it's like i get i get that worry um so something neat about this ua is that unlike the past few months where they just threw out the psionic stuff they actually gave you a little bit of a history for the psionic stuff um they tell you what psionic power is they tell you psionic in early editions of D, and they even talk about it in fifth edition um which like honestly it's all pretty cool let's see um, i don't know if we specifically need to go yeah. into that part of it because there's a lot of just history stuff yeah. i would say if, if you're interested in the background of psionic abilities definitely check it out for your own it's mm-hmm. it's a good page of information so yeah uh, they do point out that in 2017 they experimented with the unofficial character class the mystic um and so it's like as much as many playtesters enjoyed it feedback was also clear the class encroached on other classes territories and that it was too complex too powerful or both <laughs> and so they pretty much just nixed it and uh they swapped things around but now i'm now curious to see how complex these are (laughs) yeah well i mean like they've they've built a ton of subclasses at this point so it's like i feel like they should have a handle on it so i guess with that all in mind um let's just get right into it because that's what the ua does essentially Mm -hmm. all right um the fighter so at third level a fighter gains the martial archetype feature they get the psi knight Awake to the psionic power within, a psionic is a fighter who augments their physical might with psi-infused weapon strikes, telekinetic lashes, and barriers of mental force. Many Githyanki train to become such knights, as do some of the most disciplined high elves. In the world of Athos, renowned gladiators in the arenas of the Sorcerer Kings are often psi knights, and in Eberron, the psionic uh, Kalistar view membership in this knighthood as a special honor. As a Psy Knight, you might have honed your psionic abilities through solo discipline, unlocked it under the tutelage of a master, or you find it in an academy dedicated to wielding the mind's power as both weapon and shield. So the only thing I have an issue with this flavor is that it says, like, you learn how to do this. It straight up says that. Whereas, like, every other yeah. subclass is like, oh, hey, you, you're just this now. Whereas this well, one's like, you even, learn. <laughs> even the old, if I remember correctly, the old psionic classes were just like, 
where it's kind of like a sorcerer. It's like you innately knew how to do this. You know, you can do it mm-hmm. on a whim. This is that's weird. Yeah. So it's like it's it's that concept of why not make it its own class because. At third level, you've been going through a lot to get to this point, and it's like it also an- makes it also makes me laugh that they're like, oh, uh, you know, this is a, a popular thing on Eberron. Is it in the Eberron book? No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. But I do like that they offer options. Like, hey, if you wanted to put this in like a setting that's pre-built, like here's like places that are you know it's just there. You don't have to worry about yeah. squeezing it in somewhere. I enjoy that. Um. So, what do you get at third level? Well, you harbor a wellspring of psionic power within yourself, an energy that ebbs and flows as you channel in various ways. The power is represented by your psionic talent die, the starting size of which is a d6. So, similar to the Battlemaster, but it's a d6. Uh, You can use your psionic talent die in the following ways. Okay, there's a few options. Uh, You've got your protective field. When you or another creature you can see within 30 feet of you takes damage, you can use your reaction to roll your psionic talent die and reduce the damage taken by the number rolled plus your intelligence modifier. Uh, As you create a momentary shield of telekinetic force. We, I have said it before, I'll say it again. I do not like having to stat out a character three levels before you can do it yeah and that that's splitting up your abilities now in like as a fighter that's like three different yep. ways because oh i'm looking down real quick everything is intelligence based yup okay. which is again this problem that i was saying before is just like it feels like it's a, mul- a forced multi-class yeah okay. real quick what do eldritch knights base their uh spell casting off of intelligence okay but at least it's, but, like, not any kind of, like, huh. Well, but the thing is, though, is that, like, their stuff is... that They base their stuff off of intelligence for the spells that they get. Like, it's still... You're still mostly a fighter. Yeah, because it's, like, I think a lot of the spells you do are, like, oh, yeah, this just does to your next melee attack. Mm-hmm. Versus, like, actual things like this. Yeah. Um. The next thing you can do with your talent die your psionic talent die is the psi powered leap when you make a high or long jump you can roll your psionic talent die and extend the distance of that jump up to a number of feet equal to twice that number rolled plus twice your intelligence modifier oh that's a lot of math this extra distance costs you only one foot of movement one foot what oh that is so okay so long jumps and high jumps are number crunchy to begin with. And I don't know anyone that makes like <laughs> the 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 feet you have to jump other than five foot increments. Because otherwise, how yeah. do you calculate that? Like either on a map or I, I guess you could do theater of the mind, but that's so number crunchy. It's okay. So it's like because right now long jumps are calculated by your actual strength score. Yeah. So, like, if you have an eight in your strength score, you can only jump eight feet. And so, like, if you're on a mat, that's five feet. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, and if you use this psi-powered leap, uh, you can roll your sonic die, so that's a d6, so let's yeah. say you roll a four. Times it by two. So you now have eight feet extra, and then you also add your intelligence modifier twice, so let's say you have yeah. a plus two in your int mod, so you can now do let's see that's eight plus 12 four so that's uh yeah 12 so you get to jump 12 feet 
and that only costs you one feet of movement. Which is interesting because usually the way a long jump works is that for every footage you jump, that counts as your movement. So like if you have 30 feet of movement and you jump 15 feet, well, you have used up 15 feet of your movement. Yeah. But then how does that work like in combat? Because then it's like, oh, you only <laughs> used one foot of movement. Oh, like, God, I don't know. Why not just say it, it doesn't use any movement? Yeah. That's that's weird. Something to mention <laughs> in the, in yeah. the survey. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so telekinetic strike. This is the last option as far as the psionic talus die you can use. Yeah, but not the last part of third level. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can propel your attacks with telekinetic force. Once on each of your turns, immediately after you deal damage to a target within 30 feet of you, with a weapon attack, you can roll your psionic talent die and also deal force damage to the target equal to the number rolled. So you just add a d6 to an attack to a target within Every 30 feet. Every turn. Once on each of your turns. Yeah. Yeah. But that's... There's no limit on... Well, that's... That's kind of crazy that you get all of that stuff plus extra damage at level three. Yeah. Let's see if it tells you if there's a minimum amount of times you can do that or anything like this. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's a thing called changing the die's size. So if you roll the highest number on your psionic talent die, it decreases by one die size after the roll. What? This represents you burning through your psionic energy. For example, if the die is a D6 and you roll a 6, it becomes a D4. If it's a D4 and you roll a 4, it becomes unusable until you finish a long rest. What? Conversely, if you roll a 1 on your psionic talent die, it increases by one die size after you roll, up to its starting size. This represents you conserving psionic energy for later use. For example, if you roll a 1 or D4, the die becomes a D6. And whenever you finish a long rest, the die resets to its starting size, and it increases in size at certain levels. So at 5th, it becomes a D8. At 11th, a D10. At 17th, it becomes a D12. Okay, so as a bonus action, this is called Psy Replenishment. You can calm your mind for a moment and restore your psionic talent die to its starting size. You then can't use Psy Replenishment again until you finish a long rest. So you could just use this die literally every turn. There's no minimum, like, you can only do this amount of times per modifier. There's no restriction on it. And the die just, oh, God, that's so number crunchy. Yep. Everything about this is number crunchy. Why? What is making them feel like things need to be complicated with the psionic concept? I don't know, because, like, in, in my brain, this is what a psionic is. It's a wizard... That that is better at control and precision spells. Like and spells is a weird word, but go with me on it. Like uh, a scion to me shouldn't have AOEs. They should be ranged. They should be able to chuck things or affect people's minds or you know stab their minds and shit like that. Basically, like really good at one aspect of something that a wizard can only play at because they're using spells that they've learned. Mm-hmm. Whereas a psionic is doing it innately. I don't I don't understand why it's getting so overcomplicated with things like this this die thing that's that's ugh. that's a real good way to make people slow down on their turn. <laughs> well, it's not just that. Yeah, well yeah, 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 no, you're 100% like yeah, like that will that will slow down turns completely, but it's this sounds like its own dice system for an indie RPG. 
It does, yeah. Within a subclass, within a full class, within a Dungeons and Dragons rule set. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't it just sounds like they just complicated the hell out of it. And we're not even at the second ability of the night. Yeah, that was just what you get at third level, by the way. Yeah. You just get this. Okay, so let's keep barreling through this one. Seventh level, the telekinetic adept. You have mastered new ways to use your telekinesis. Okay. Okay, Psionic thrust. When you deal damage to your target Mm -hmm. with the telekinetic strike of your psionic talent, you can force the target to make a strength saving throw, which is your DC is eight plus your proficiency bonus plus your int mod. Unless the save succeeds, you can knock the target prone or move it 10 feet in any direction horizontally. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, telekinetic movement if your psionic talent die is available you can move an object or creature with your mind as an action you target one loose object that is large or smaller wow that's Hmm. that's really big or one willing creature other than yourself if you can see the target and it is within 30 feet of you you can move up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space you can see alternatively if it is a tiny object you can move it to or from your hand either way you can move the target horizontally vertically or both when you take this action your psionic talent die decreases by one die size hey you see that large boulder over there that's a nice boulder i'm just gonna place it right about you know 30 feet above the enemy and there you go (laughs) why is it a loose object that is large or smaller yeah and like one one of the things that i like in a class is like seeing the build up to an ability yeah and so like we've got protective field uh psi powered leap telekinetic strike and psionic thrust and then we get to full-on like jedi force powers lifting boulders and shit like that yeah what okay hang on what spell level is uh What's what's it called? Telekinet? Like I, I just I think it's just called telekinesis. Telekinesis is, is that the one you're looking for? Yeah, it's a level five spell. Yeah. Yeah, and you're getting this at level seven as a fighter. Okay, I mean, I guess <laughs> it's. Uh, I don't know about it, but it's also you could just do this. There's well, here's no the, here, here. Here's the strange thing, and, and this is what's kind of worrying me about these. Um. UAs is that they are sounding crunchier and more mechanical than the way that things were at the beginning of 5th edition. So check this out. So like telekinetic movement says you can move uh one uh you can move an object of your uh or a creature with your mind as an action you can target one loose object uh with large or smaller or one willing creature. But, it, like, in telekinesis, it says, uh, here, uh, creature or object. Here's the defining things of creature or object. And for the object, it just says, you can try to move an object that weighs up to 1,000 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it didn't give a mechanical size to the object. Yeah. It just gave its weight, which is more, you know, role-playing and situational. God, I can just imagine, like being the dm on this side of <laughs> it's like you're in a, you're in a you're in a tavern you're holding up you're trying to defend your stuff and like he's like okay i'm gonna use my sonic talent how what size category is that table yeah and it's like what 
So you have to like consider that kind of stuff and it, it gets real crunchy. It, I So far, this feels like it's just slowing things down entirely. Yeah. Um, speaking of slowing things down, the next one is a 10th level <laughs> night feature called Psi Enhanced Metabolism. Oh, God. Um, the psionic energy flowing through you has bolstered your mind and body. You have resistance to poison and psychic damage and you are immune to the poisoned condition. What? Okay. Okay. Like, um... All right. All right. <laughs> um, the next thing is the 15th level cyanite feature, the bulwark of force. Uh, you can shield yourself and others with telekinetic force. As a bonus action, you can choose creature, which can include you, that you can see within 30 feet of you, up to a number of creatures equal to your int mod. Each of the chosen creatures is protected by half cover for one minute or until you're incapacitated. Once you use this feature, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest, unless you decrease your cyanide. Sl- the talent die by one die size to use this feature again. Hmm. I thought I was excited for a second because I thought they were going to limit an ability and then they're all like, nah. Like, it is it is limited because, well, yeah, but is this, at like 15th level? 15th like, level, you're going to have a D10. Yeah. D10, D8, D6, D4. So you have four levels that you can go up and down in by that point. Yeah, and there isn't a there is a way. Unlike every other class ever, there is a way for you to possibly go back to gain an ability back by yeah. rolling a low number. And the psi replenishment isn't to make your die go up one size; it's back to its starting size. Is it really? Yeah. No, no, no. I think it's an up to its starting size. No, it says as a bonus action, you can calm your mind for a moment to restore your psionic talent die to its starting size what yeah so if you do have that d10 and you're like all the way down to a d4 you could just do a bonus action and you're back to a d10 uh, you then oh but then you can't use uh psi replenishment until you finish a long rest you get one use of that but still that's you could go all the way down to a d4 and then just go back up to a d10 that's crazy yeah and this just brings the die size down by one like yeah <laughs> you could choose to just do it again if you just bring it down by one so it's like yeah. what the f- okay anyways 18th level telekinetic master your ability to move creatures and objects with your mind is matched by few if your psionic talent die is available you can cast a telekinesis spell requiring no components your spellcasting ability for the spell is intelligence when you cast a spell your psionic talent die decreases by one die size that feels weak weird <laughs> um... what but they've you got telekinetic movement. <laughs> like, what? yeah, like the, the, the thousand pound thing. You're like, I'm not saying at all that like something can be a thousand pounds and bigger than large because obviously it could. But that's what? really weird. I think the only difference is that telekinesis lasts for 10 minutes, but it's concentration. Yeah. Like, that's the difference? Um... What what level do wizards get of a fifth level spell slot? Ooh, um, that's off the like top of my head. I don't remember seventh. I want to say, yeah. So at eighteenth level, you get to do a seventh level wizard thing. Yeah, like I said, that feels weirdly weak. Yeah. Like in comparison to the whole rest of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, why all of a sudden? That sounds Let, so weird. Let's let's take a look at the row. 
joke. <laughs> we'll, okay. we'll come back to that. All right. And also I'm looking up and it's seventh level we were asking or is it fifth level? Hmm? Fifth level. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Wizards don't get fifth level spell slots until level nine. Mm, okay. That's still that's still halfway between 18. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Not to mention, okay, so the fighter gets this minor telekinesis at level seven. Wizards can't do that until level nine. And then when they're level 18, they can randomly cast that spell. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. There's a lot of issues with that one that I have. <laughs> well, moving on. The rogue. Um, just like last time, um, it was it's called the Soul Knife, which uh, is still a badass name. It really is. Else. Yeah, I I'm 100 behind the flavor of this. Um, most assassins strike with physical weapons, and many burglars and spies use thieves' tools. Uh, whereas a Soul Knife strikes and infiltrates with the mind, cutting through barriers both physical and psychic. These rogues like discover psionic. You did. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> These rogues discover psionic power within themselves and channel it to do their roguish work. They find easy employment as members of thieves' guilds, though they are often mistrusted by rogues who are leery of anyone using strange mind powers to conduct their business. Um, Demir. Uh, and most governments would be happy to employ a soul knife as a spy. So let's see. Oh, they even give it a place in the world, too. Amid the trees and ancient forests of the material plane and in the Feywild, some wood elves walk the path of the soul knife, serving as silent lethal guardians of the woods. In the endless war among the Gith, a Gith Zorai is encouraged to become a soul knife when stealth is required against the Gith Yankee foe. And in the world of Athos... Okay, what is the world of Athos? This is the second time they brought that up. Mm, that sounds like some spell jammery shit or... Um multi-plane shit yeah um, i'll look it up while you're, while you're reading okay a sorcerer king is often turns to a soul knife to eliminate an enemy just as an insurgent soul knife seeks to undermine that sorcerer king's rule as a soul knife your psionic ability might have haunted you since you were a child only revealing their potential as you experience the stress of adventure or you might have sought out an exclusive order of psionic adepts and spent years learning how to manifest your power Okay, I like how they at least said, like, yeah, you've had this and you've noticed it when you were growing up, but now under the stress of adventure, which I love that sentence, it popped up. It sounds very sorcery, but I love it. So Athos is the world that Dark Sun is set in. Wizards, please don't bring back Dark Sun. Wow. Really? Just, just don't just don't do it. <laughs> and Dark Sun was like the that was like the grim dark one, wasn't it? <laughs> Darks, yeah. Dark Sun's the massively grim dark, full of slavery and racism. Uh, plane, please don't, please don't do that. Yeah, I mean, like, I can imagine some people enjoying playing that, but they should just no, <laughs> not as an official yeah. book, please. We've come so far. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you get this obviously at third level, just like any other rogue subclass. And this one is called your psionic talent. This sounds familiar. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. You harbor a wellspring of psionic power within yourself and energy that ebbs and flows as you channel it in various ways. This power is represented by your psionic talent die. The starting size of which is a D6. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Okay. So, Psy Bolstered Knack. 
I said that right. It's knack. Uh, when your non-psionic training fails you, you can tap into your psionic power to help. If you fail an ability check using a skill or tool with which you have proficiency, you can roll your psionic talent die and add the number rolled to the check, potentially turning the failure into success. Okay. So when you, it's after you say the number and the DM says whether you fail or not, you can use it, which is nice. Yeah. I like that option always over you have to decide to use it before the DM says anything. Because that like makes things, mm-hmm. that, that jumbles things up so hard. Like I, yeah. I hate that. Getting slow shit down. Yep. Uh, but this one actually sounds like, oh, that's pretty easy. And that just happens. You can just do that, which rogues are already like experts in everything. So I feel like that's going to go to the way wayside so fast mm-hmm. um psychic whispers you can use your psychic abilities to establish telepathic communication between yourself and others perfect for quiet infiltration as an action you give yourself and at least one other creature the ability to speak telepathically with each other when you do so roll your psionic talent die and choose a creature you can see up to a number of creatures equal to the number rolled for one hour the chosen creatures can speak telepathically with you and you can speak telepathically to them to send or receive a message uh, no action required. You and the other creature must be within one mile of each other. A creature can't use this telepathy if they can't speak any languages, and a creature can end the telepathic connection at any time. You and the creature don't need to speak a common language to understand each other. Interesting. Okay, so it just gives you the ability to just have telepathy for a hot minute. Yeah, I'm trying to find something. When you establish that connection... Does it say you have to be within sight or near each other? Or can you just know someone and be like, I'm speaking telepathically with them? As an action, you give yourself and at least one other creature the ability to speak telepathically with each other. Uh, The only limitation I could see throughout this entire thing. Oh, no, no, no. When you do so, roll your psionic talent die and choose creatures you can see up to a number of creatures equal to number rolled. Good, 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 good. There it is. So you have an hour. They have to stay within a mile. And when you initially do so, it has to be within sight. But it doesn't have to be within sight of like 30 feet or anything. You can just be like on top of a roof scouting out like this beheading <laughs> and being like, yo, guys, I'm going to I'm going to telekinetic catch up with my friend who's in the crowd. That's like. 90 feet away from me. It's like, okay. Yeah. I'm going to talk to him, explain what's going on as I jump over the rooftops here and f- chase after the bad guy. What? So, so far, like the weird thing about like the first, like the psionic talent point for both of these uh, classes is that they tried to add to the, cl- the, the class that they are with psionic ways, but again just kind of end up falling meh yeah especially that first one the side bolstered knack like i have a level 15 rogue in my game right now that man can never fail he rolls Mm -hmm. anything less than a 10 his minimum for things that he's trained in because by the way that's the requirement for this thing to kick in is a 25 so it's like oh i rolled less than 10 um, so i got 25 i'm like oh well okay (laughs) My my level nine rogue last night rolled a stealth check and got a twenty nine. Yeah, and it's like, and that's if he fails, he gets a twenty five. Yeah. So it's like, when on earth would a d six up to even a d twelve be really that much impactful? Yeah. 
Okay, well, the changing the die size is the exact same way as the fighter way, and along with the psi replenishment. It's the same exact thing. Um, if you roll a 4 on a d4, you can't use it. If you roll a 6 on a d6, it goes down to a d4. If you roll a 1 on a 6, it goes up to a d8 if you have it available, etc., etc. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, psychic blades. So something else that you get at third level, because that's how rogues work. Uh, you can manifest your psionic power as shimmering blades of psychic energy. When you are about to make a melee or ranged weapon attack against a creature, you can manifest a psychic blade from your free hand and make the attack with that blade. This magic blade is a simple melee weapon with the finesse and throne properties, has a normal range of 60 feet and no long range. And on a hit, it deals psychic damage equal to 1d6 plus the ability modifier you use for the attack roll. The blade vanishes immediately after it hits or misses its target, and it leaves no mark on its target if it deals damage, because it's psychic. That makes sense. <laughs> um, after you attack with the blade, you can make a melee or ranged weapon attack with the second psychic blade as a bonus action on the same turn, provided your other hand is free to create it. The damage die of this opposed attack is a d4 instead of a d6. I like that, honestly. Here's the weird thing for me, though, where it's just like, hey, these are the psionic subclasses. Mm -hmm. The rogue can make a fucking dagger. Yeah. The fighter can't make a weapon. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, that that's what I mean. Like, that's why it's weird that these are, like, kind of grouped together but are separate by class. Yeah. Is that they don't do similar things. They just use psionic quote-unquote, as an excuse for why they can do these new things. But then it doesn't make a lot of sense why... I don't know. We haven't had this before in the game where, like, we have looped, you know, three different classes into another subcategory together. Mm -hmm. Like, there isn't a fighter subclass that is in the same category as a, uh, a rogue subclass. Yeah. They do their own roguey and fighty things... Whereas this one's trying to be like, oh, no, it's all psychic energy. It's like, well, then why can't the fighter do something cool like that? He gets to leap further. Yeah. But like That also seems like that would be advantageous for the rogue, but he can't jump further because he's not... Like, that's... It's just... It's a little messy. That's the thing. It's messy. You know, it's funny. Like, they could... I, before looking at the sorcerer, before we get there, this almost looks like they could just straight up make it its own class have the first level be like psionic talent and you get the psionic talent die as a class and mm -hmm. you can do like minor things like you could be able to jump a little further you could be able to like hit a little harder like those kind of things and then the subclasses would be like the fighter the rogue and the sorcerer where it's like oh at third level you get the option to do the cybolstered knack yeah, as the rogue what, what do you want your playstyle to be as a psionic yeah and it's like, oh, yeah, at third level, you get this version of stuff where you've, like, trained to focus in on this style of fighting. Honestly, that sounds like the the best situation where it's just like, you build the scion you want to be. Yeah, because right now, both fighter and rogue share very similar feel, but are two very different things at the same yeah. time, which is so weird. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, well, moving on into, uh, let's see. The soul blades. So after the third level, you got your psychic blades, which you can, if you have nothing in your hand, you could summon psychic damage dealing blades. Um, soul blades. Your psychic blades are now an expression of your psi suffused soul, giving you finer. Say that five times fast. I don't want to. <laughs> giving you finer control over them in the following ways. <laughs> 
Let's see, you've got homing strikes. If you make an attack roll with your psychic blades and miss the target, you can roll your psionic talent die, add the number rolled to the attack roll. If this causes the attack to hit, your die decreases by one die size, regardless of the number rolled. Oof. You know what's okay. funny about that? Does that stack? Like, if you rolled a 12, like if you got a 12 in your attack, and the, the, the to hit was a 13, and so you rolled a, like, a 1, and so your dice would go up a size, right? Does this mean that it would go down a size and it would stay the same? Or does it just go down a size no matter what you rolled? And yeah, like if it, like if you rolled a 12 on the d12 and used this, would it go down twice? Yeah. Does it go down to a d6 if you roll a 12? <laughs> yeah. That's huh, interesting. Know. Okay. Um, psychic, I mean, it says regardless of the number rolled, so I think you just ignore the actual number you rolled regarding That's to changing true. size. But it's not very clear in when it says that. Yeah. Uh, Psychic teleportation. If your psionic talent die is available, you can hurl your psychic blades to magically transport yourself to another location. Ooh. That's sick. That's some frickin' Noctis from Final Fantasy XV shit. As you manifest one of your psychic blades and throw it in an unoccupied space, you can see up to a number of feet away equal to five times the highest number on your psionic talent die. Why? Oh, why? You then teleport to that space. The blade vanishes and your psionic talent die decreases by one size. Okay. They gave us a range has a normal range of 60 feet. That's that's the range you could throw it. And then mm-hmm. it says, nope, up to a number of feet equal to five times the highest number on your psionic talent die. Which right now would, like, what is this, at level nine? So, yeah, you only are getting up to eight times five. That's, why do they do feet. that? Yeah. Okay, you then teleport to that space. The blade vanishes and your psionic talent die decreases by one die size. That's cool. That's 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 legit like. Yeah. But the thing but here's the thing though. Like that's a that is a really cool ability. Yeah. What does psychic teleport what what does teleportation have to do with psychic powers? <laughs> yeah. That's that's a that's a really great point. Yeah, I I I'm confused. Like it like again, it's it's freaking cool. Like don't get me wrong. I would love to have that ability on any character. Yeah. But, but when you're flavoring this around psychic powers, I'm like, what does teleportation have to do with psychic powers? Like, are you fucking with the minds of everyone surrounding the area to think that you're no longer there anymore and you just teleported and you're, you just moved really fast or like, I don't know. Yeah. They, I, I wish that would leave it up to the player and DM to figure out why the fuck are you able to just teleport now? But I mean, the, I mean that, that's the thing like. I know there's plenty of abilities in other classes, and I'm kind of nitpicking here that, like, what does this have to do with the type of it? But it's just like, again, when it's when it's grouped into this psionic thing, and there's these, it's just, it, it kind of draws more attention to it. It's like, I wouldn't really call it nitpicking, because other UAs did go into it, and it did make sense. Like, one of my favorite UAs, the Twilight Cleric. It's like, oh, yeah. If they're in darkness, they could use the shadows and, like, physically get wings of darkness and fly. And it's like, that's pretty damn cool. (laughs) And it kind of, like, explains about how, like, they're physically using the darkness that they can control and that they are no longer afraid of. And it's like, okay, yeah. But it's like, this one doesn't... I think think it's fair to to criticize that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Moving on. 
the Psionic Veil. It's a 13th level soul knife feature. You can weave a veil of psychic static to mask yourself. As an action, you can magically become invisible along with anything you are wearing or carrying for 10 minutes or until you dismiss this effect. This ends if you deal damage or if you force a creature to make a saving throw. Once you use this feature, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest, unless you decrease your psionic talent die by one die size to use this feature again. Hey! I literally just did the thing that we just talked about. That's what I was saying. It's like, did, <laughs> I was literally just saying that for the teleportation thing, and here they are saying, now you can just get invisible. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. See, like, they explained that really easily, and I like that. All right. <laughs> What, what, well, we got 17th level. Yep, the last well, for, thing. First off, first off, let me say, Psionic Veil, that's really cool. That makes a lot of sense uh, going with the Psionic thing and how it would be used by a rogue. That's neat. Yeah. I will give it that. No, I really like that. And if you don't have a wizard or if you don't have anyone that knows invisibility, like that's... Oh, yeah. No, totally. That's really nice. Um, Rend Mind is the 17th level soul knife feature. You can sweep your psychic blades directly through a creature's mind. When you use your psychic blades to deal sneak attack damage to a creature, you can force that target to make a wisdom saving throw. The DC is 8 plus proficiency plus your dex modifier. Huh. What? Unless the spell succeeds, your target is stunned until the end of your next turn. Why would that one be dex? This is... this Again, this kind of feels... Okay, this whole thing feels off. Once you use this feature, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest, unless you decrease your psionic talent die by one size using this feature again. So I got a couple things with that. Dex mod? <laughs> Why would it be dex? Why would it be dex? Like, you're rolling for the effect that is the magical part that you've made really clear has to do with intelligence. You've had five pages now well, of saying that it's intelligence. Actually, <laughs> I just looked back. The fighter has to deal with intelligence. The rogue doesn't. There's nothing dealing with the rogue with intelligence right now. Nothing is determined by intelligence or anything like that. They could have intelligence as a dump stat and be this... And be a scion. And be a scion. They could. They could have an eight or, God bless them, a six in their intelligence. And they'd be I fine. Mean, I guess the reason why the decks are showing up here is for the reason you just said. You would literally have to invest into intelligence for a 17th level ability. Yeah. And not have anything to do with it beforehand. That's, uh, I'm sorry, that's, uh, for, to me, that's messy. Like, that's, that, that's not making it cohesive. Again, it's not I mean, building like on the previous things that you've done to show this progression. And why not have it be intelligence? A lot of rogues already have at least some intelligence mod because the investigation is intelligence-based. So it's like, why not? So the other thing is here is that this is the 17th level one. This is the this is what you're culminating to. And essentially it comes down to you can stun someone once. Yeah. Unless you... Take a long rest or decrease your die. Like, that's what this class is building to, is stunning someone. And looking at rogues have the most overpowered, like, endgame things. And this is, like, this is so not that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, stunning is really cool, and that can, like, change a fight. But that's but it. But they can also save out of it. Yeah. And that's if they like save. On the next turn. <laughs> it's That's if they save. 
Yeah. Well, no, but what, yeah, what I'm saying is like they can save out of it on the next turn. Or oh my god, you're right. Or something like that. Yeah, like they get to repeat that every turn. Make a wisdom until the save succeeds. The target is stunned until the end of it. No, it's just it's just stunned oh. for one turn. Oh, fuck. They get stunned for one turn. Oof. Depending on initiative, that could be really helpful, but... Yeah, depending. Yeah, because, like, if they go before you, then it's like, aha, you've got, like, you're, like, pretty good, but it's not yeah. as great. But then if they go after you, it's like, you stun them, and then the whole initiative goes around, they skip their turn, essentially, and then you come back, and it's like, and then you get another attack with it. It's, I don't know, that that just seems really weak. Mm-hmm. Well, moving on. Sorcerer. Yep. Sorcerer time. So this one happens at first level. Yay! As sorcerers do. Um, so here's a playtest for the psionic soul. One day, a light blazed forth within you, the illumination of psionic power. Your mind now simmers with this power, the full extent of which you won't fully grasp for years to come. You can touch others' minds with it and alter the world around you by using it to control the magical energy of the multiverse. Will this power shine from you as a hopeful beacon to others? Or will you be a source of terror to those who feel the stab of your mind and witness the strange manifestations of your might? And again, they go into the flavor of where you could use this. Uh, among Gith Yanki and Gith Zerai, uh, the powers of the Sonic Soul sorcerers are revered and marshaled on both sides of the Gith War. In Eberron, may- many Kalistar dream of discovering this origin's abilities within themselves. And in Athos, more sorcerers are born with a psionic soul than with any other source of power. In the glades of primeval woods touched by the Feywild, Children sometimes awaken to the wonders of psionic power, and in communities that survive far realm incursions, some folk are mutated into horrific aberrations, while a lucky few may not not only remain themselves, but also discover that psionic energy now suffuses their minds. As a psionic soul sorcerer, you decide how you acquired your powers. Were you born with them? Did you they manifest throughout childhood, or did an extraordinary event later in life lead you shining with psionic awareness? consult the table for possible origin of your power look at that they give you a they give mm-hmm. you a fun little table they give you 10 options yeah that's, um, that's pretty nice that's pretty cool yeah so, <laughs> you are an ancestor were trained by a githzerai monk uh let's see deep in the forest touched by the feywild you drank from a stream and now your mind shines with power that's oh and there's even like little things beasts As and fake child, creatures you had an imaginary friend that looked like a flump or a stream <laughs> Oh my god. One day it gifted you with psionic powers. What the? Uh, Which ended up being not so imaginary. Uh, Your nightmares whisper the truth to you. Your psionic powers are not your own. You draw them from your vestigial twin? What? Huh. Okay. All right. Well, let let's let's see what this the sorcerer's yeah. got in store. All right. So, sorcerer, psionic talent. Look at that. They get the same exact thing as the other guys. What? This should just be a class by now. <laughs> yeah, it really should. A class be. with three subclasses. Because what the fuck? <laughs> Anyways, it's the same exact thing as before. You get a talent, psionic talent die, which it starts as a d6. Uh, you can use it in the following ways. Psionic Discovery. You can unlock the ability to cast a mind-oriented sorcerer spell you don't already know. After meditating for 10 minutes, which can be done during a rest, roll your psionic talent die and choose a sorcerer spell of a level for which you have spell slots, and that is in the School of Divination or Enchantment. You know the chosen spell for a number of hours equal to the number you rolled. That is so... 
Okay. Um, psychic sorcery. When you cast a spell, you can use your mind to form it rather than relying on words, gestures, and materials. To do so, roll your psionic talent die. The spell then requires no verbal component. And if you roll the level of the spell or higher, the spell doesn't require somatic or material components either. Okay, carrying uh, on. Like, like, <laughs> telepathic speech. You can form a telepathic connection between your mind and the mind of another. As a bonus action, choose one creature you can see and roll your sonic talent die. For a number of hours equal to the number you rolled, you and the chosen creature can speak telepathically with each other, while the two of you are within a number of miles of each other equal to the number you rolled. To understand each other, you must speak mentally in a language the other knows. The telepathic connection ends early if you use this ability to form a connection with a different creature. Hang on. <laughs> Okay, so let's. Can I just say, oh, these all suck. <laughs> like the 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 psychic sorcery thing is so weird. Like I'm trying to think about thematically describing that. Oh, you were able to do it without um the the that component, but um. You you don't think you're good enough to do it without the other parts? Like it's it's a weird random thing, where it's like why why are we rolling for how well our ability works? Yeah, not to mention a lot of DMs kind of like hand wave the whole component comp side of spellcasting. Yeah. Um, and so it's like oh yeah, when you cast a spell, you can use your mind to form it rather than relying on words, gestures, and materials. The reasoning behind words gestures and materials is because when you cast a spell that requires a verbal component that's you like willing the spell into existence and yeah. guiding it so it's not just a powerhouse of a bomb of power essentially and so it's like the the flavor behind it is that you can psychically will it instead of physically saying it Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I guess, but then it's like, oh, it doesn't require somatic or material components either. It's like, w- but the material ones, how are you supplying that psychically? Yeah. And on top of, okay, the psionic discovery, these kind of things always bothered me because when I first played a wizard, when 5e first started, and it's like, oh, yeah, when you have these spells, you can get this, like, school of spells. And it's like, oh, fuck me, because now... I was having to manually go through all the spells in the player's handbook and literally write down which ones are, ne- like, because I was doing a necromancer mm-hmm. at the time, which ones were necromancy. And this one's like, oh, yeah. I mean, like, I understand they do the same thing for Eldritch Knight, where it's like, you can only choose these spells, but, and thank God for, like, D&D Beyond nowadays and spell apps where they're like, oh, yeah, just filter by, like, spell school. Because I hate that. That's always, like, annoying to me. And it's like, oh, yeah, you just, you know the chosen spell for a number of hours equal to the number rolled. I don't, I don't like the randomness. It, it, I just don't. Like, I get it's a sorcerer, but it's like, I don't, it's, I don't know about it. And then the telepathic speech, why is it a worse version? Why is it a different version than like the rogue? (laughs) Well, the other thing that I'm, I'm, that I also realized looking through this is that so we, we we still have the changing die size and cyber replenishment and everything, but it just occurred to me that thematically, someone who was like born with psionic powers or got them because they got mutated by like far realm magic has the same psi die level as someone who learned it as a fighter. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, 
And it's like, and you're supposed to get these things at level one, which like, you, you just can't, you can't really like use them at yeah. level one through three anyways. Mm-hmm. And then you don't get another one until level six, it looks like. Yeah. So one through six. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of like a sorcerer thing, but mm. at six level, you get psychic strike. You have learned to channel additional psychic energy into your spells. Immediately after you deal damage to a creature with a sorcerer spell for which you expend a spell slot, you can roll your psionic talent die and also deal psychic damage to that creature equal to the number rolled. You can deal this extra damage only once per turn. Okay. So it's with a spell slot, so it can't be cantrips. So you're not doing this every turn. Um I mean, like, the only thing I could imagine is that it would encourage sorcerers to use their sorcery points to regain spells more often. It Okay, so here's why it's weird. So this is 6th level. You have D8. Yeah. Um, so essentially, you could go, all right, I cast Burning Hands, but also, fuck that one in particular. I'm going to, like, mentally tilt the fuck off. It, it, it's it's the it's the, theme, it's the theme of this with, with, like, the psychic stuff where it's like, Okay, so you can do psychic damage. Yeah. But it's on top of you just doing a normal spell instead of you specifically doing psychic damage. Like, it's, it's that yeah. thing again of like it is split in half and not like in a good way. It, it's, it's really weird that like you can't. This is the first time uh, so far in the character at sixth level that there is a feature that does psychic damage. But mm-hmm. it requires you to do a spell in order to do it. Oh, yeah. And, like, the rogue at this point is, like, psychically damaging people left and right. <laughs> Flinging daggers, summoning blades, doing whatever the hell they want. Yeah. Whereas, like, it's like, oh, yeah, if you cast a normal spell, you get psychic damage on top of that to one creature. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Who boy. And then the next thing you get at 14th level, mind you, mind over body. You can now use the psi that flows through you to give your body extraordinary abilities. As a bonus action, you can roll your psionic talent die and spend one or more sorcery points to magically transform yourself to an, for a number of hours equal to the number rolled. Until the transformation ends, you get one of the following benefits of your choice for each sorcery point you spent, choosing a different benefit for each point. So you can see any invisible creature within 60 feet of you, provided it's not behind total cover because you can't see through things. Uh, You gain a flying speed equal to your walking speed, and you can hover. You gain a swimming speed equal to twice your walking speed, and you can breathe underwater. Okay. Your body, along with any equipment you are wearing or carrying, becomes pliable. You can move through any space as narrow as one inch without squeezing. You can spend five feet of movement to escape from non-magical restraints or being grappled. So, like, I like the first two. You can see invisible creatures within 60 feet of you. I, I like the idea. It's like, oh, yeah, you can kind of put out like a radar with your psychic powers yeah. and like, oh, there's someone pinging right over there. And like you getting a flying speed isn't flying. You don't have wings. You're like telekinetically moving yourself. Mm-hmm. You're propelling yourself. That makes sense. But then it's like swimming speed. Okay, sure. The same reason as you can fly, but you can breathe underwater. Yeah. And then body because you become the the freaking senator from x-men like <laughs> what's that why am i suddenly blinking on that robin williams movie with the uh the, the, the ooze what is that flubber yeah you become flubber <laughs> <laughs> right 
Oh boy. Okay. All right. What 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 we got at 18th level? So you get psychic aura. If your psionic talent die is available, you can unleash your psionic power in a crackling aura of psychic energy. As a bonus action, you can magically radiate this transparent 30-foot radius aura for one minute, or until you're incapacitated or lose the use of your psionic talent die. Whenever a creature starts its turn in the aura or moves into it, you can roll your psionic talent die and deal psychic damage to the creature, equaling the number rolled plus your charisma mod. If the creature takes away any of this damage, uh, its speed is halved until the start of its next turn. Okay, so 30-foot radius aura for a minute. Um, You can do this as long as you have a psionic die. Yeah. Like, you can do this as many times as you want as long as you have a psionic die. Yeah, and so, like... (laughs) But every turn, you're going to be rolling that, and there's a high chance of losing it. But here's the thing. How many things in here... Psionic strikes the only thing that really makes you, like... I guess, well, I guess you have to roll it for, like, the ability. So there's not a lot of, like, die spendage in this one. And not to mention, all you're doing is dealing psychic damage and having their speed. Yeah. Like, cantrips can do that. <laughs> yeah. And this is I an mean, 18th not level. De- not to the degree, like, you'd have a D12, but, yeah, essentially... Yeah, like you could possibly do more damage with the cantrip because you'd be rolling minimum like four dice at this point. And you wouldn't lose your your talent die if you do roll that low. Like, or if you do roll high. And so it's like, all you get is, yeah, you just deal a little bit of damage and their speed is halved. And not to mention, this is 30 foot radius aura. Like, yeah, what sorcerer, if you're like really up and close... Like, you got to build your sorcerer to be up and close to the, get to this point. Like, they will want to have burning hands, witch bolt, like, all those kind of spells. Um, I just noticed something. So this isn't a spell. And it says, whenever a creature starts its turn in the aura or moves into it for the first time on a turn... Uh, oh, it says you can roll the die. Okay, so I was like, yeah. wait, so w- what happens to your friends? Uh, okay, so that takes care of that. Cool. Yeah, so um, it's it's a friend it's a friendly fire kind of situation. You you don't have to murder your friends while doing it. You don't have to, but you can. You can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are a few new spells. I don't think we really should have to go into it because a lot of these spells are actually kind of pulled from the previous UA as well. Um, yeah, we something... got uh, intellect fortress, mind sliver, and mind thrust. I don't like those two words. <laughs> mind thrust, yeah. No, that yeah. Uh, that sounds wrong. Well, also here's a crazy. It's a second level spell, mm-hmm. and it uh, the target takes three d six psychic damage, and it can't take a reaction until the end of uh, your next turn. So at second level, somebody can cast a spell that's better than the sorcerer's aura. <laughs> That's right. Look at that. Um, can the sorcerer learn mind thrust? Okay, they can. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Um, mind sliver. Okay, that's a fun cantrip. Um, we are actually using that right now in our uh, campaign that Marcus is running. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the characters uses it. And it's it's a very, like, it's a, it's, it's a weak version of Bane, which works out pretty well because it's situational, but... 
Intellect Fortress is an interesting one. It's a fourth level spell. It requires concentration for up to an hour. And uh, for the duration, you or one willing creature you can see has resistance to psychic damage and has advantage on intelligent wisdom and charisma saving throws. It's like the first half of that doesn't mean much because what really does psychic damage but the second half of that the advantage on int whiz and charisma saving throws that's pretty handy considering like that's the majority of things is the charisma it's a and wisdom level spell in its concentration <laughs> yeah that's a that, tough. that's that's a lot that's a lot of especially since there's like abilities that you can get that give people advantage on yep checks and stuff pretty early yeah it's i don't know Okay, so now we got some feats. Um, yeah, something I do. I, I do want to just kind of go over these yeah. feats at least because they these are things that you could take even if you're not a psionic. Like I like it. <laughs> so yeah. interesting metal metal metabolic control. So you have to have the psionic talent feature or wild talent feat. Um, let me kind of go back a second. Psionic talent. Where's the Wild talents down here at the bottom, and oh. the psionic talent just is the third lo- or third or first level feature of all the other. Classes. So you have to be one of these in order to get this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can increase your strength, dex, or con to one uh, to maximum twenty, as usual with feats. If your psionic talent die is available, you can take an action to channel your psionic power to nourish yourself for the next twenty-four hours, as if you consume fish- sufficient food and water for a day. Uh, your psionic talent die decreases by one die size. All right, that's that's fun. Um, if your psionic talent die is available, you can meditate for one minute, at the end of which you gain the benefits of sh- finishing a short rest, and your psionic talent die decreases by one die. Well. <laughs> I want to know what their, what the hard and fast rules are for fucking psionic abilities, because I don't even know anymore. You can jump really far, you can pick up boulders, you could also teleport uh, with a knife, you can yeah. also make it so you don't need to eat food. Yeah. I, it's It's... I don't know. And that meditation thing is good once per long rest. So that's yeah. interesting. Metabolic control. So that is literally about like... Sp- yeah. Okay. Uh, telekinetic. You do need the psionic talent feature or the wild talent feat. Uh, you learn to move things with your mind. You gain the following benefits. Increase your int, wisdom, or charisma score by one. You learn the mage hand cantrip. You can cast it without verbal or somatic components. And you can make the special... The spectral hand invisible. If you already know the spell, the rage increases by thirty feet, and its spellcasting ability is the ability increased by this feat. Okay. Mm-hmm. As a bonus action, you can try to telekinetically shove one creature you can see within thirty feet of you. When you do so, roll your psionic talent die, and the target must succeed on a strength saving throw, uh, which is eight plus proficiency yes. plus the ability modifier of the score increased by this feat, or be moved toward you or away from you a number of feet equal to five times the number you rolled. A creature can willingly say, fail this save. All right. So you can move people a little bit and you got Mage Hand. That can be stronger if you already know Mage Hand. But you, 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 could, you could now have a telekinetic ability that uses charisma. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're it right. Says, yeah. The it's, DC is the, 8 plus your proficiency bonus plus the ability oh modifier of the score increased by this feat, which is either charisma or wisdom. So that could be helpful for the sorcerer? Yeah, that's really weird. Uh, and then you get telepathic, which, again, prerequisite psionic talent or wild talent feat. Yeah. You awaken the ability to mentally connect with others. You gain the following benefits. Increase your int, whiz, or charisma mod um, by one. You can speak telepathically to any creature you can see within 30 feet of you. 
Your telepathic utterances are in a language you know, and the creature understands you only if it knows that language. Communication doesn't give the creature the ability to respond to you telepathically. It's a worse telepathy. Sending. Yeah, it's 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 not even sending, because sending you can respond. Can, can you respond with sending? Yeah. I didn't think you could. Huh. Uh, if your psionic talent die is available, you can cast a detect thought spell requiring no components. When you start casting the spell, your psionic talent die incre- decreases by one die size. Your spellcasting ability for this spell is the ability increased by this feat. Okay, so detect thoughts. We need... Okay. Um, wow. Yeah, so the next one is called the, tire- the Tower of Iron Will. Uh, you need to have the psionic talent feature or wild talent feat in order to get this one. Your mind's defenses are formidable. After you or another creature you can see within 30 feet of you fails the saving throw, you can use your reaction to roll your psionic talent die and add the number rolled to the saving throw, potentially causing it to succeed. Okay, real quick. I My eyes dropped down to wild talent. I think you're going to flip it when you read this. I already have many uh, opinions. <laughs> uh, wild talent, which is the last feat doesn't have any re- prerequisites. You can take this at level four when you uh, can increase your ability score. Or level one when, with the, the, like with the human. My players. Yeah. Uh, you awaken to your psionic potential, which enhances your mind or body. Increase one ability score of your choice by one to a maximum of 20. Oh my god. To represent this enhancement. You also harbor a wellspring of psionic power within yourself, an energy that ebbs and flows as you channel it in various ways. This power is represented by your psionic talent die, the starting size of which is a d6. So, how can you use this psionic <laughs> talent die that is not restricted to classes or anything like that, or subclasses? You have the Psy Boosted ability. When you make an ability check with the ability instead of increased by this feat, you can roll your psionic talent die and add the number rolled to the check. You can choose to do so before or after rolling d20, but before you know whether the check succeeded or failed. Hey, that's the thing I was talking about earlier that I don't like. <laughs> um psi guided strike that's a fun one to say once on each of your turns when you hit an attack roll that uses your ability increased by this feat you can roll your psionic talent die after you make the damage roll and then replace one of the damage dice with the number rolled on the psionic talent die wait what the fuck <laughs> wait so they're pretty much telling you to put the ta- the the plus one into something that you attack with. Yeah, that's what they're saying. If you don't, you lose half the reason for this talent. Yeah, so if you're a wizard, you'd want to put it into your int mod. Um, oh god, that would make character creation such a bore. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Um, and also, it's like I love how it's like, oh, it just gives you possibly advantage on your damage rolls. Yeah. It's like you can roll your psionic talent die after you make the damage roll and then replace one of the damage dice with the number rolled on the psionic talent die. So even I if mean, it's later, it's probably going to be better. Yeah. But yeah. But I don't, uh, I don't know. Okay. So the changing the die size, it's the same as before. If you roll a six on a D six, it becomes a D four, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and when you finish a long rest, the die resets to its starting size and you also get the Psy Replenishment bonus action. You can restore your Sonic Talent die to its starting size and then once per long rest. So can I just say that why not just use this feat and make it a class, make that the first level thing, and then use the three subclasses we saw here as a subclass of this class? So here, <laughs> here's what I'm going to say. And it's not, it's not good. Yeah. Um, 
I I understand that a lot of people worked on this. I understand that a lot of time and thought and effort went into this, and I appreciate that. And I not like this. I'm not getting upset. Like, hey, you guys are doing your best with what you're you're doing. Don't get me wrong. However, this is one of those times where if I was like in charge of this, I I'd have to look and be like, I think you need to go back to the whiteboard on this. Yeah. I don't think this is working. I don't think that this is the direction that even they want to really go in. And the the my biggest problem with this is that some of this feels like first edition Pathfinder. Yeah. And I don't I don't like that. Um, Which like first edition Pathfinder isn't bad, but it's not good if you're trying to shove it into 5e D&D. Yes. That, and <laughs> and that, and that's what I mean. Like it, it's well I mean like I have my opinions about first edition Pathfinder. I personally prefer second edition way more, but um it, it I don't the the thing about fifth edition that I always enjoyed was that it was very much not Pathfinder. Yeah. They were very separate games um for a reason. And I was always just like, yeah, D- I like D&D because it's more, it has more ability for role play. I don't know what role play ability being a psionic has. Yeah. Because it's all very crunchy and mechanical. You have to take a feat to do something like Mage Hand when you're a psionic, when you are the the, the telekinetic psychic person. You have to take a feat mm-hmm. to do that if you are a, a fighter or a rogue. Yeah. Yeah, because the 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 sorcerer can just take it, but then that even even then that loses the intended purpose of being a psionic or anything like that. Is that you you you're casting a spell? You're not using your telepathic powers. Like I don't know why it can't just be that this is a class. It works similar to spellcasters. Instead of spells, you have powers. Pick powers every couple levels. You have these abilities that uh, enhance and boost said powers. Mm-hmm. I, I like it, it. Like okay, think of a ranger. Yeah, and this is gonna sound weird. Think of how a ranger works as far as dealing damage. Mm-hmm. Okay, if there's twenty goblins, like you, you're just like okay, well I'm gonna try and take off some of the the stronger ones, but the wizard they got the AOEs. Yeah, they can worry about them. I want. Basically, a, a telepathic psychic version of a ranger as far as a role goes in combat. You should be far back doing stuff and taking out the big things while letting the wizard do this their stuff. Yeah. But you also have control. And I just, I don't, I don't know what the, I, I wouldn't play either. I wouldn't play any of these. And that's the thing that sucks. Yeah. No, I... I 100% agree with you there. It's like, I, I would probably dabble with the rogue, but at at the end of it, I would multiclass so hard because I wouldn't bother with that 17th level thing. Yeah. Like, it it, it feels missing out. And I, I just, I wouldn't want, I don't want to deal with that whole dice rolling thing. Because. No. It, honestly, I haven't, we have, I haven't test played it. It could be overpowered. But I feel like it could also be super just immediately used up and you don't have it anymore. It's not even and I'm it's not even purely worried about by being, random chance, too. I'm I'm not even worried about being over or underpowered. I am I'm I don't like it because it's clunky. Yeah. I don't like it because it is adding a whole other dice system to 
a game that has a bunch of dice systems already. Like, like something that I, I'm kind of just realizing right now is that if you do have bad luck <laughs> rolling really high every single time you roll this, which you can roll like in three turns, you could lose your die, which mm-hmm. does everything that this subclass does. Yeah. So suddenly you can be out of your die, but then it's like, okay, well, bonus action, replenish it. Mm-hmm. But then in another three turns, yeah. <laughs> or even sooner, depending on what's around you and your reactions. Like, like the closest we get to this is the fighter superiority die, which yeah. personally I think is really well done because uh, it acts as currency. Yeah. Where it's, uh, okay, um, I'm going to spend a superiority die to do this. Or mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to spend a superiority die and roll it and add it to that. Cool. That That's that's it. Those are the two things. Yeah. But this one's like, they tried to get so much utility out of a die and then tried to build in a increasing and decreasing die. We don't have that. There, that doesn't, d- does that exist anywhere else in D&D? No. Like besides like getting big? No. And when you get big, you don't increase the size of the die. You just usually double it. Yeah, like it's we don't have a precedent for this and it's it's feels like trying to again, it's it's doing it's doing the bungee thing that I've been talking about mm-hmm. over the last couple months where it's like instead of improving on what we already have, they're trying to make a whole new system. Which is why I'm thinking like they should honestly just make a whole new class because that would yeah. that would make it make sense because with sorcerers, you have the sorcerer points. No other class has that, you know? Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. So then this class could have the wild talent feature. Like, mm-hmm. they get the changing dice system they have to work around. Yeah. So it's like, that could work. But, like, all of a sudden you're a fighter and you have this whole dice system that you have to deal with. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't I don't know about this one. Like, uh, the spells are neat. Um I, I was going to say initially the feats are cool. However, you can't take this feat now yeah. without well, we, taking the dice. We we uh, we even talked about before we started recording, one of the things that you said you loved about the last UA was the fact that you could take feats that gave you telekinetic things yeah. as just an everyday dude. Yeah, you could um, have a little bit of that power, which is like, yeah, it's like, oh, I don't train about it, but, you know, I have yeah. it. But now it's just like, nope, you got to, yeah. You have to go have full to ham. You have to have yeah. two feats worth in order to get something else. <laughs> that Then that's where some of that first edition Pathfinder comes in. You have to buy into feats. Yeah. I don't like that. Um, it, it, it's making a feat way more important than the options that we've had before. We've had options where it's like, hey, you can take a feat or you can take an ability bonus. Mm-hmm. Um and this one it's it's like, hey, you at the very minimum, if you're not one of these classes, you have to spend two feats to get like telekinetic stuff. Yeah. And for some classes that's like, hey, do you like going nine levels before you can play the character you want to play? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> so uh, just, that, I don't also like do we have any system that's shared by more than one class? Uh, what do you mean? Like, the like the 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 psionic talent. Mm-hmm. Do we have any? 
class oh. that shares a... Everyone has wild uh, talent. <laughs> right. I don't think so. I'm trying to think yeah, real quick. Like, um, like the, the closest no I one else has sneak of attack. Is, is, <laughs> the closest thing I can come to think of is, is spell slots. Spell slots are shared yeah. by multiple spell classes. Spellcasting, yeah. The ability to spellcast is shared amongst classes. But that's not... That's a, uh, a, a framework as where this is a whole die and mechanic system and it's shared by three classes. It's weird. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. This one, uh, we're going to highly encourage you to test it out and write more so than testing please. right in the, <laughs> the, the yeah, survey. Please do the survey. Please do the survey. Um, um, Cause it, this, this is their, their third go around. If I yeah. remember right. Cause they did yeah. this one. They did the one last year, and then they did the one in 2017. Yep. They really, really want to make this work. I, I feel I feel like if there's like one thing that I would encourage them to do is please sit down and figure out what psionic means. Yeah, they like kind of go over it in the beginning. Like, is psionic power magic? It's like, is it a form of magic? And they talk no, about no, I, it, but I mean, like, like what it means in a class building yeah, sense. Because- <laughs> They they essentially treat it as another form of magic, because yeah. in in D and D you can get away with doing a bunch of weird shit. You can turn a motherfucker into a fucking dragon. Why magic? Cool. Mm-hmm. Magic is the is the fucking is the Star Trek make shit up word. Yeah. But psionic is more focused. It is not an all encompassing thing, and but they're trying to make it that way. Why can you teleport with psionic power? I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Like, 100%, I get why you can be invisible. Because you're not technically yeah. invisible. You're just invisible while no one's looking. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> you are obscuring people's vision with their mind. Yeah. Like, like, you're not physically making yourself invisible. You're just making it appear yeah. that you are. Yeah. Which is such a cool way to say it. And I 100% get that. <laughs> Well, I, I think I'm going to wrap my thoughts up with it. Just like, this is not for me. Um, I I wouldn't play it. And if somebody wanted to play in one of my games, I would be surprised. Yeah. Uh, just because of my players, I know they're going to want to try it. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I would seriously talk with them. And fuck, I might even like, hey, you want to make a class <laughs> yeah. to test drive instead of this? Because I don't like it. Yeah. All right. Well. That was our bonus episode. Ooh, about the size of a regular episode. <laughs> if you, they usually are. Yeah. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to support it, the best way to do that would be leave a review on your service of choice, as well as telling your friends about us. This Friday, as a reminder, we'll be releasing the session zero of our first seasons of games, the monster of the week. Uh, so if you'd like to stay up to date on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at difficulty class and on Instagram at Difficulty Podcast. And until next week, I guess don't get killed by a mind thrust.